listening to Tarot Visions. You lucky devil. Hey, Jamie. Hey, Rose. How's it going? Not bad. I realize it's the beginning of the month, and you know what that means. Ooh. Well, a couple of things this month because it's October. Mwahaha. Yes. yes. So I've gotten all my, well, most of my decorations out. How about and you? I have as well. I've, I've put stuff out on the front porch. We've stuck stuff to our windows. Um, so yeah, it's, it's that season. It's the season of, of, of us in a say. way. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's our season. It's our season. Yes. This is your <laughs> season of the witch. Yes. Um, but it's also, you know, families, gathering or slowly trying to gather with all of things going on and all of the orange coming out and all of the red colors will be coming out soon because again it's it's Samhain season woohoo woohoo yes and there will be pumpkin spice in everything oh there was pumpkin spice in September they Dutch brothers already broke out the pumpkin spice specifically for me I like to thank them for you know doing that and (laughs) oh it's been heaven and I hope that you know it's always my um like last year their season didn't end until no um March for me because they had enough pumpkin spice through last you know autumn for me to have it until March so every year I'm like kind of like nobody go get it so I can still have it through (laughs) the rest of the year so it could be a year-round thing because for some reason, pumpkin spice and chai is just a really nice addition. Yeah, that's a good blend. It is. So I'm the happy. only thing I've ever had that I didn't like pumpkin spice in so far, keyword, mm-hmm. is Oreo cookies. Oh, I haven't tried the Oreo cookies, but then again, I'm I'm a pumpkin pie girl through and through. So, you know, that's that's my big thing. I know. I love pumpkin pie and I love that 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 sweetness. But the Oreo cookie was just, it was weird. I think it's because sometimes, you know, it is a manufactured uh, cookie. And so the flavoring didn't quite work in that. But everything else I've ever had it in, one of my favorites outside of coffees is pumpkin spice ice cream. Ooh, yes. It's really yummy. And then you throw caramel sauce on that. Heaven. Heaven, heaven, heaven. But let's get to the real fact It's the beginning of the month. It doesn't matter the month. It's the first Friday of the month. That means Tarot for Yourself with Mary Kay Greer. Yay. And our, yep, here's our chapter five book report, which does go well if you're listening and drinking pumpkin spice. So I guess the two are hand in hand this month. Okay. Yes, you can can enjoy your your, your chai or your your latte with your learning. It's great. And of course, this chapter is talking about court cards, our favorite thing in the world. Always everybody's favorite thing. Well, actually, and to be fair, that sarcastic comment was only half sarcastic (laughs) because I actually do enjoy the court cards. When I get, you know, the Queen of Wands or the Queen of Pentacles, It just makes me go, okay, it's reassurance that I'm doing the thing when it's in a question for myself. When it's in a question for somebody else, it could still be great. But again, you know, we're talking about doing it for ourselves and it just works out well. Yeah. This thing, thing, it makes us happy. So anyway, you have questions because you are organized and I love you. Yeah. So we're going to answer our own questions for each other about our experiences with this chapter. 
Totally. Um, because dear, dear friends, Jamie is amazing and plots the world for me. She makes my life so much more organized and I really appreciate it. It's because I, I have a Taurus that. moon. <laughs> well, yes. Yeah. Yes. The planner in me is my Taurus side. Go figure. And again, it's not that I don't plan. It's just that Jamie is 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 a planner and I'm a, a pantser, if you will, in the writing world. I think. I'm a list maker. I like yeah. my lists and I like organization. I Kendra last month cleaned her closet and reorganized some stuff. And it made me so happy to see everything kind of all, you know, redone and, and retooled. And then whenever I get a project like that, this might be a little TMI for our listeners. It's nothing like bad or, you know, explicit, but I'll sit for hours and just stare at, at the finished thing going, look how nice this looks because I'm that person. <laughs> and that is why we love you. <laughs> yeah. So on that note, what, totally. what do you, when, what are the court cards for your personal self? How do you feel about them? How do you, what, yeah. what makes them part of your tarot showdown house? Not be- besides the fact that they're in the deck. Yeah. So I figured um, that would be a great question to start off this episode because I don't know how many of our listeners are old school with the cards and who's new. I mean, if this is your first episode with us, hey, thanks for joining us. We appreciate it. So the court cards are a 16-card subset within the tarot deck, which is 78 cards, that kind of has people on them. They they are, I mean, you could kind of look at it as a core family or an actual kind of people from a medieval court, which is typically what they're named, although more modern decks are kind of pulling away from that old style. So we have um, young children, or I like to call them students for the pages. And then we have um, knights who are kind of, I, you know, I, I tend to think of them as, you know, you could look at them as the military college kids or people that are actively working or doing things. Then you have the queens, which are mothers or older middle-aged women Mm -hmm. out, you know, they're tending to other people's needs. And then you have the kings who are like, I have mastered this hill. I've, you know, I've become the boss of the um, business or the family. You know, I'm, I'm the dad of the family type of thing. So for me, court cards, I tend to look at them as when I read them for myself, they are either aspects of myself Um, They can be kind of messages from different people in my life, or they can represent actual people. I know in the past, like, Arthur Waite was like, this can kind of mean somebody with these actual qualities. Like, if you're looking at, um, let's see here, the Queen of uh, Cups, she was blonde-haired, blue-eyed. So it's like, you will must, you know, find this blonde-haired, blue-eyed woman in your life somewhere. So some people, and even in the past, like when I was a kid, it was like, Uh, You know, that can be, that's so open and it doesn't really sit well with, well, the question was about me. What do you mean I, you know, in the future or the past, I had somebody with these personalities that did what to me or something, or I have to find them for what? Yeah. Yeah. When it means nothing about bringing in another person. So for me, it's just aspect or Mm -hmm. energy type. Yeah. And that was that when I first started learning, that was the big thing that tripped me up because again, in the in the past, there was there was Mary's book, which I'd just been handed, but I'd already had Arthur Waite's Key to the Tarot uh, book, and having those. This card is a dark-haired man 
and he is coming for you, or this is a child in your life. And I think uh, you have to figure out who these aspects are for yourselves sometimes. Um, and I think I look at the court cards similarly, you know, the pages are that learning stage or a younger person. Uh, the knights are the ones that take the plan and move them forward. So that's how I always look at that. It's not just, a, it doesn't matter who the person is. It's just that th this is an action person. This is the person that you've got a plan, you send it out. Um, and then the queens were the kind of the person that cleans up the, the thing, makes it pretty, makes it organized, makes it be together. And then I always thought of the kings as, okay, I'm doing the presentation today. Thank you, team. And, and sometimes acknowledging the team, sometimes not, because, you know, kings have to be in charge. And that's kind of how I felt with their energies about those things. So I think that, you know, once you get in touch with how they hit in your life, then you can make the decision. Because the other thing that I like to do with them is sometimes you look at the king as the end, but you can also look at the king as the beginning. And then going down to the page, because the page is kind of the details, if you look at it backwards, as the king first, page last. Everybody does it different. These are how I do it. So, you know, and I also don't always look at the pages as young kids either. I look at as beginnings of plans a lot of times or, okay, now I've got the thing to take off to go do the thing. Yeah. I like that. I hadn't thought about that because usually I, I reserve planning and project, you know, stuff for the ace through 10, but now that's expanded my personal repertoire. So thank you. You're welcome. Thank you. The one thing I liked about this chapter was how each of the exercises were actually designed to help you create your personalized associations, which is a great facet for those who are trying to understand the court cards. There are, there are many, many books out there, good books on the court cards themselves. I think I have three or four of them. Mm -hmm. But this one, if you want to come up with your own personal things, because sometimes it's easier to remember what you know and like over what Mary has said in another book or Ethany Dawn has said in her book or Lisa has said in her book. So this is a great chapter to work with those energies and create your personalized set. Yeah. And, and again, it doesn't discount those other uh, uh, authors and their options, which is why they're existing. So it's always good to, you know, this start here. And then like, I really want to know more about court cards. Go look through those three authors and see who is the one that fits you and connects with you. I think that's great that you have the, we have those options now. When we both were coming up in the tarot world, we didn't. So, you know, I appreciate that all of those folks out there are writing these books and, and expanding our knowledge. So when you're doing this, how is it that you, you know, uh, what's your favorite set? Like what ones are the ones that you like? These are mine, if you will, when you get to choose for yourself, which 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 is it cups or is it pentacles or which court is your court? I am a wands girl all the way. The creativity, the passion, it's how I do, like you said, a little bit of organization. I just, you know, like getting excited about things and I kind of live my life in the wands. Now, I also, I mean, a lot of people are like nodding away. I will say my second favorite, which might shock some people, is the pentacles. I, you know, you've got fire and then you've got earth. 
Mm. And I think it's because I'm always seeking for that groundedness because sometimes when I'm moving too fast, I tend to um, maybe miss a word in my text and somebody, you know, may or may not catch that, or I just don't think of anything else. So the earth, the pentacle suit kind of helps me slow down or reminds me to slow down when I'm moving too fast. How about yourself? Do you have a favorite set or a particular card? Well, so I'm finding as I get older, I'm switching. So when I was younger, it was the wands all the way. And and it wasn't just because of the creativity. It was that fire, that passion, that boom, explosion. <clears throat> Pardon me. That boom, explosion. But as I get older, I think I, and I'm also kind of a pentacles person uh, in the sense of, but more of the home and hearth and, and being that more, earth earth connected groundedness you know trying to nest more um and and with you know what's going on in the world that's kind of fed into that a little bit too um but i also you know connect a little bit more than i ever thought i would with the swords because of all of the thought processes and all of the learning that i'm doing because of the opportunities to be able to learn um so yeah, and and to be fair, I was surprised that you had chosen Pentacles, because to be fair, when we had to do one of the there's a there's a thing where you get to pick your friends and pick the card that goes with them. I actually picked King of Swords for you. In oh, a good interesting. Way. And the reason I did that is because I always look at the King of Swords as very organized about learning things, and that's I associate you know that organizational detail-oriented stuff with you. And I think it's, you know, it was kind of fun. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. So that is, um, that is one of the exercises that Mary does uh, display in the book. However, other than that, I don't think we're getting any more because, you know, some of that stuff can get kind of personal, you know, yeah, with other I mean, people. Well, and that was the one thing I wanted to, to touch on is that we're not going to talk about our personal cards, by the way, folks, on this particular part of the chapter there's other ones we will talk about yeah but i wanted to touch on the fact that you get to take the roles of yourself and connect them with cards and and you can see how those aspects match up and then also you can do it for friends in your life and like i said jamie i had to tell jamie because i was surprised um because i consider her very Mm -hmm. cerebral in a lot of ways, more so than she might realize. Very passionate. That yeah. The wands thing was not a surprise. The pentacles was the surprise to me. I think like you, though, it's because I'm moving into that groundedness or especially during a pandemic doing this. It's like, I want to stay home. <laughs> you know, I want to stay home. I want to just be in the house. I don't want to go anywhere. But that could yeah. also be because I'm working on different projects. And it's like, I've got a lot of books. I still have a couple of physical books I still need to read for these projects. And you actually have to put your butt in the sofa and, you know, have your pumpkin spice chai next year to actually do this. Yeah, that's but, true. Yeah. Do you have anything that you dislike, like any suits or any particular court cards that you don't just, you hate it when it comes up for your, your personal readings? Well, honestly, sometimes I don't love getting the pages. It's like, I don't want to. It's more, I don't want to. Um, but also... If, when I was first learning tarot um, and I had a uh, Robin uh, Robin Wood deck and the King of Swords in that deck, which is not you, uh, reminded me of somebody from that time in my life. 
and it was very unnerving. Hmm. I have now, you know, come away from that. All my other decks that have Kings of Swords and stuff are really very friendly, but I still remember that. And then I like look at the people that I consider connected currently with the King of Swords and they're nothing like that past thing. And so it's always when I use that specific deck, I think of that specific person and that specific time, which means I don't use that deck very much. I love it for other aspects, but that one. Um, But with the pages, it's more of I'm not thrilled because it's like, oh, I got to learn something again. I don't want (laughs) to. Or or those young whippersnappers are going to get in my way and tell me about TikTok or something. What? Shake our fists. Yes, exactly. Get off my lawn, kid. (laughs) And it's not that I don't like them. It's just those are, you know, when I, if I have to say who of all of them, who I'm not fond of, those would be the ones. What about you? What are your, what are your mm, ones that you're not thrilled with when you get them? For me, hands down, it's the queen of cups because whenever I read for myself, mostly she comes up as that bipolar person for me. The, come on, you are an adult now. You need to manage your emotions better or, you know, kind of not necessarily have you learned this lesson, but it's that management, the emotional management, the emotional, have you met your needs yet? And I'm like, no, not yet. God damn it. Stop calling me out. You know, no mom type of thing. And it's it's kind of, you know, whenever I get her, it's just like, I just want to stick my tongue out. That was my tongue out sound that I just made, I just want to stick my tongue out and say no. And that, but I do it anyway. And cause you know, I'm a good little reader and I try and, you know, practice what I preach and all that. But yeah, hands down, it's that, that I, that queen of cups. Yeah. I hear you. It's it, those are the cards. You just kind of go, eh. I've got those in my majors more than in my courts though. I'll be honest. I think we all do though. I think we all have a, a, a not so favorite court card when it comes up, you're just like, eh. Um, So then one of the other exercises Mary does for us is like treating the court cards like you're at a party. And I think that that was really fun for me to go through personally, Um, you know, and I'm going to read you a couple of them. I'm not going to read you all of them because, again, you need to do it for yourself, folks. Um, But for me, it was like, okay, one of the question was. Uh, so it, you, it asks you I question. So you're in attendance at the party with all of the court cards. And so you need to decide the answers to these questions. And one of them that I thought was interesting was I would like to avoid. And so you list all the cards you would like to avoid. And I put down the King of Swords pages. Yes, all of them. <laughs> and the Knight of Swords. And I think that was very telling. The, the reason I want to avoid the pages is, again, Kind of, and, and they go with the, and the next question is, I feel uncomfortable with. And here's why I want to avoid and I'm uncomfortable with the pages. What do we have in common? Am I going to feel out of touch or stupid? Because again, I'm not a young spring chicken. And again, it, this is kind of putting personal feelings onto these cards. Because again, that's what you're supposed to be doing. It's how you feel about them. And it was that moment of realizing that, yes, I learn a lot from people younger than me. And then I feel silly, really, really old. And I have this happen at work all the time because there are, you know, the younger stitchers because I work at Dark Garden. Um, and the, the, you know, having conversations with people about things. And then when they say, oh, have you heard of 
It's X band. Nope. And then they, they I discovered haven't even heard the of band that either. That you used to listen to when you were a kid, you know, and, and, and you go, yeah, that, that was a great band. And if you like that band, you should listen to this band. And then they listen to it and they're like, Oh my God, that was so great. <laughs> and you know, you realize that was 50 years ago or, you know, whatever. And so sometimes it's like, if I'm at a party, I don't necessarily want to feel like that. Now, mind you, I like learning stuff from people. So again, take me out of the party situation when I know I'm going to go learn something. I'm great with, with pages all over the place. But again, I put my mindset into a, I'm at a party. Do I want to do that at a party? Not necessarily. I think what all, what's also interesting about the court card party is that I found it's also kind of deck specific as well. Yeah, that's true too. Because I use the dark wood tarot and it's yeah in the dark wood deck as I laid all the, the, the grid out, all 16 and looked at it and, you know, like looked at every card. Okay. I want to avoid who would I want to avoid? Who's the most menacing person in here? I, I got the Knight of wands. Oh, even though I love the wand suit, just looking at the different images or the different people out of this deck, I was like, I, I want to avoid them. I don't want to, you know, this is somebody I'm like, eh, maybe too aggressive for me right now. So I, I, it got me thinking about this is a fun exercise you can do and connect to the multiple decks in your collection because the Knight of Wands for me is kind of where I see myself kind of on a daily basis. I'm going to lead the charge. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go, go, go. And normally I'm not, I'm fine with that kind of energy, you know, that hyper, you know, go babble mouth, you know, blah, blah, blah type thing. But in the dark wood, I'm kind of like, this person is, there's something off about it. Well, then I would ask you a question because of that. Yeah. You are okay being the Knight of Wands, Mm -hmm. but maybe you don't like interacting with another Knight of Wands unless you, you know, you're on the same page on the same team. And that could be, that very much could be. It could be a reflection of, you know, the mirror that, you know, we all have that I don't want. I mean, conversely, uh, you also brought up the I feel uncomfortable with kind of, and I put the queen of pentacles, even though she is the first woman or the first, you know, mother card, the queen card, the personality I would run to. I would, you know, out of all those queens in any, in the Rider Waite Smith, the queen of pentacles is that one that I want to be mommy to me. Yeah. But in the dark wood, she's, I feel uncomfortable. There's something, again, a little bit sinister. Then again, this is the dark wood deck. So it's, it was fun to do this, but yeah. And that's, that's a good point too. It's like, again, with, as I said earlier with the Robin Wood, I don't love that knight of, or king of swords, but in other decks I do. So I think that that's something folks, they also keep in mind when you're doing this exercise, see how you feel when you, you know, when you have one deck out and then put that away and get out another deck and see how the energy changes. Because again, each deck has its own energy, of course. Um, and I think that's the other part for me too. It's like, I would probably have chose, I chose the everyday witch tarot to do this exercise with. And I think that ha- plays into how I feel about some of them, you know, yeah. because again, it was like, I feel a secrecy and solitude about and for me, it was the Queen of Cups and the King of Swords in that particular question. Um, you know, and how are they portrayed in other decks? Might be more loving or might not be. And again, you just get to play with that. And I think that's a fun thing to do. And then the next exercise that she did, I that I 
kind of made me giggle is that you um, you pick two cards and it's kind of still part of the party thing and you have them have a conversation two people that you think would be attracted. And for me, I did the king, the queen of pentacles and the king of swords. And I kind of treated them like I could hear them having a conversation about being on the same team for a project and their conversation back and forth about that, which cracked me up um, because it was like managing a team project. And it's like the queen of swords, we need to create a schedule and to have a timeline to follow. And the king of pentacles is like, we can get to that, but we also need to consider the team's needs. So, and you can see where that's going to go. And, yeah. and and it's not necessarily that they disagreed. It's just that they're coming at the same thing from dis- different perspectives, which I thought was was kind of interesting and fun to do. I had a hard one uh, to pick. I mean, you would think the creative writer, the one that's done Nano billions of years, yeah. would find this really easy. But I looked over everybody and I'm like, you know, I mean, again, I I the cards kind of, I don't know. The way that Sasha or uh, Julie has drawn them and stuff kind of made this this part of that um, process kind of hard. So I ended up picking up the page of um, Pentacles and the Knight of Pentacles, partially because they were looking at each other. Okay. And, it, you know, I just, I thought that was kind of fun to see maybe siblings, you know, talk or a student versus the, the worker kind of babble. Yeah. And I picked um, the idea of like, one person's interested in like a tree and is looking at the tree or the item intently going, Hey, isn't life amazing how diverse it is. And then the night basically going, uh, whatever, you know, it, yeah, the details are great, but I'd rather go out and explore and, you know, actually put into practice all this stuff instead of just, why are you always in the, you, you got your nose right into the thing you're, you know, yeah, you should be experiencing it, not looking at it, you know? Right. So. Well, and I think we both took the the the, our, the view of how we would be one of those characters too, in a way. Um, yeah, and and how that we would act as one of them, and yeah, I think that was kind of fun. Um, and then she did this one called "Understanding the Court Cards," and I'm like, wait, haven't been doing this the whole time? What do you mean understanding the court cards? I don't get it. And then I did the exercise because, well, that's how you learn Uh, page minding and all, even though it makes me crazy. Um, But she talked about the fact that um, the, you can get into the card and start really interacting with it. And how would you, you know, change the, don't focus too much on thinking about it. Just answer as you go. So, what card did I pick? I picked the Queen of Pentacles because, again, trying to do that. But I also made sure to note, because, again, one of the things Mary says is to not only, you know, write the date of you're doing this, write, you know, what card you chose. And so I wanted to be as specific as possible because, again, as you talked about earlier, a different deck will give you a different feel. Yes. And so I wanted to note which card I'd use from which deck. So, again, back to it. Queen of Pentacles. Um, so it asks you a bunch of questions like, is it a plant? Is it an animal? And you don't think about it. You know, you just kind of answer it. And I think for me, what I got was like for the animal, I considered the Queen of Pentacles as the alpha female wolf in a wolf pack. 
And then as a plant, she's kind of the berry bush. She gives you food, but she's a little prickly. So you got to, you know, maneuver gently. Yeah. Um, and then as a landscape, I did a green forest in spring when everything is in bloom. Like it's all beautiful and and not rough or, or hard. And, and then for uh, the body of water, I did a river flowing through a forest about three feet deep, but not moving quickly. And not super clear because she gets real specific about that. It's like, and how is this water? Is it clear? What kind of thing is it? You know, so that was kind of where I went with it. Um, Awesome. And then, you know, she goes into things about, you know, describing this, if this was a a color or uh, if this was a shape and what kind of music. And for me, the Queen of Pentacles ended up being folk music or adult contemporary music. Huh. I don't know why. But that was just the feel I got, kind of a Joan Baez feeling when I was looking at my card. Nice. But it goes into, and then, you know, ask you about a person in history. And then, you know, how would you visualize this person as a child? And you're like, oh, that's a, wow, okay. And then, you know, how would you describe yourself in comparison to the card? And how are you unlike it? So like, how are you, how does it match you and how does it not match you? And I think that that was kind of a moment of, oh, okay. Huh. For me. And, and I think that was a, a fun way to really dive a little deeper into all these different aspects I wouldn't have thought of to do with these cards. I mean, how did yours go? Well, one of the things that, you know, the, like I said, the book says you can do this with all 16 cards. And in some cases, I know that in in some ways, Mary was like, just pick a card that interests you and then do this exercise. I went ahead and shuffled my deck and pulled the first court card. Oh, okay. So, of course, I got the Queen of Cups, which is, again, the one I don't like. And I, you know, I, you know, I shook my fist at the, you know, at the, the deck just because, oh, thank you. You're going to put me on the spot in a way, which is fine. So... I had fun with this, though, because I came up with some answers that at least with the Darkwood Queen that I probably would never really associate, you know, standardly, you know, if I had to create a composite of all the deck type energies. So for her, I came up, she's kind of a deer because in this deck, she's very lithe, very kind of not the standard image I carry in my head when I think Queen of Cups. And then a fern, because again, it's strong as heck, resilient, but also kind of delicate in a way as well. Um, Some of the other stuff that got me was for the type of music, I put a classical piece because for some reason, classical music and this particular Queen of Cups just kind of flow together. I could see that because again, you know, it's that movement, which is kind of like the slow ebb and flow. Yeah. And it's the the stereotypical how we think of classical music is as calm and 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 you know embracing the softness of you. Yeah. Even though we do know that Beethoven didn't treat classical music that way, but you no. know, yeah, it's I can see like, that. It's like a mood balancer. So I was just like that kind of fit. Yeah. Um, they actually ask you, or Mary asks you, if this person were a tool, what would it be? And I said an electric screwdriver because it's useful, but can kind of be kind of annoying. Or when the battery dies out, you're like, damn it, you know. And my person in history I picked was 
popped into my head and I had to Wikipedia just to make sure that this was, you know, exactly who I was thinking. It was Mary Antoinette. Oh, Marie Antoinette. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. So I, it was fun. It was, it was definitely a good kind of exercise. And again, I made a handout for just the questionnaire part so that you can, you know, copy this 16 times, do it with every card and, and, you know, go through it. I mean, you could, you could do it at random like I did and start there or start with the page of your favorite suit or your least favorite suit and build up, you know, and then you get this amazing catalog of people and associations. Yeah. So the next big thing, and I also made a handout for this, which will be included in the links is the three modes of tarot reading. Ooh. And this was kind of an interesting kind of departure. So we're getting real personal, real in depth. We've we've gone through showing it, who in our circles is might be which court card. We've gone to a party with them. We've dialogued with them. We've made this worksheet and made a chart if you know if you like charts. And now we're doing a reading with the three modes. Yeah. And it's like, what are those? Well, in a way, it's each kind of subset of the tarot itself, where you separate out the majors, you separate out the minors, and you separate out the uh, the courts. Now, you can either go ahead and actually divide your deck up and pull from those small piles, or you keep your deck whole, and then whichever first of, you know, this is how sometimes I'll do it, because sometimes it takes forever to separate a deck out. Yeah. Especially like, you know, whenever we're in a um, um, a conference setting, it takes so much time to do that. And everybody's, you know, shuffling their decks or trying to break everything out. So I tend to just keep my deck normal and I will pull the first, you know, like I'll keep pulling until I get like a major or that minor number card or a court card, just because it's a little bit quicker and I don't have to divide everything up, you know, again. Although sometimes, you know, readers will keep a secondary deck just for these specific readings, like either a majors only deck or they, you know, here's the deck that I use to just keep and do a reading like this. So to set it up, there are so many fun ways you can do it. And again, you know, there's, you know, no real right way to do it in tarot. Yeah. But I, I like the fact that she gives you two ways to do it as well. Yes. Is taking your reading and reading it your court card, your minor card, and your major card. And then she flips it and does the major card, the minor card, and then your court card. And it's really an interesting way to look at that, I think. Yeah. How did you feel about yours when you did it? I thought it a lot of fun. I got the um, Queen of Wands, Mm -hmm. the Seven of Cups, and the World. And it's fun because it gives you the three modes. Like um, You can look at it as like a person, verb, and noun or situation type thing Mm -hmm. and you build these sentences off of them so it really teaches you kind of the art of how to connect these three types of cards together in a reading no matter what so like for me it's like the first one is what am I experiencing I am acting like a queen of wands a woman who knows what she wants in a pandemic life in which hard choices become a global event, which describes my need to step out and share myself. So it's kind of, you know, it's a fun little kind of Mad Lib style way of building sentences 
and reading the cards and how and seeing kind of how they interconnect. Mm -hmm. I mean, obviously, I chose to write about some of the stuff that's currently going on. I mean, the world card, how can you not think of kind of what's going on right now, you know, with the pandemic? And that is a lot of all of our minds. But it was very interesting, you know, I think with the second one of how you shift that, because I can use the attributes of that world card to be authentic and um, exposed in order to deal with the choices I need to make, which expresses my need, my desire for or to, to create and be seen so that my experience of my inner queen of wands is the one who can guide her destiny. So again, you know, flipping those two, you get some creative input and feedback immediately on what's going on for yourself. And you get a script in a way where sometimes we're worried about putting our own personal bias or getting like the card that a lot of, I mean, this happened to me a lot of the time earlier, just because I didn't know the card meetings or I'm like, I don't like this card. I don't want this card right now. I'm going to flip another card or something, but this gets you out of that. So you're working with the cards you were drawn. You can't put that bias in or you can't put another card in and it gives you the Mad Libs formula to kind of fill in the blanks and get some really potent information. Yeah, I think that was the fun part. For me, I got the um, King of Pentacles, the Nine of Cups and the Hermit. So how I did it is uh, I'm acting like a King of Pentacles, a jovial commander of my poor reading choices uh, of my home and hearth uh, welcoming and willing to host in a nine of cups situation, which is preparing for my upcoming trip and is slightly scary and exciting because the hermit, which is describes my need to be myself, but also open to new situations and possibly connecting with the unknown. So that was my first way of doing it. And then, of course, how do you deal with the situation, which is a flip of it? And it's I can use the attributes of the hermit to find my quiet spaces in the stress and center myself with my knowledge and strength in order to deal with the nine of cups, which is expressing my desire to celebrate with my family and be part of their life, but experiencing it in my own king of pentacles sort of way, which is to be joyous and silly, as well as, you know, holder of space for others who might need it i like so it was kind of a neat way to flip the script if you will yeah you have one way of looking at it and then turning it around and looking at the other way yeah it's like you look at the situation and then you use the same cards to figure out how you can apply that situation back yeah and it's again it sh shows you the power of a three card reading and what it can do for you when you you know actually take a little bit more than just writing down the names and, and figuring out what it can really do and be and then push you out of that comfort zone. Yeah, and I agree with that because, again, this tells you, okay, so you know what this card, quote unquote, means. Here's a sentence. Here's a word. Now apply it to something in your life and interact with it. So I think that was really great. So so what was the last thing that we that she did? I really want to know how you did it. Cause yeah, I, I loved this last share your inner teacher court card, you know, the, the contacting your inner teacher court card. This, I should have made a handout, but I didn't. 
um, because I wasn't sure how that would flow because there's, there's, it's kind of, there's two steps to this. Mm -hmm. Um, In the first step, you look back to that tarot profile that you made in chapter one. So there is a handout on that, that I created with chapter one. So you look back to that sheet and you find where Mary has a section that says inner teacher court card. And then you write that down somewhere. And then from there, you, she asks you questions and, and other items and, and stuff that you can write down. But then she has you go into a meditation that you go to find this person. And the person doesn't have to be the same one on the court card, even though she tells you to memorize that image. So when I did it, I, I did kind of meet that person because I'm like, well, what's the value of memorizing the person on the card if, if, if the description's not going to be aligned? However, you know, that's the power of meditation where sometimes when you're in guided meditation and somebody describes somebody so completely to you to hold in your head, but you see maybe the, the opposite gender, no gender, you see a critter versus a person or an inanimate object versus a critter, that's where the journey takes you. So I also give permission to anybody out there that have has issues with guided journeys or meditations to let your imagination go because that's the true and the most authentic experience for you to have. But yeah, you do this meditation, you come back, you write down descriptions, you write down all this stuff. And part of the meditation is uh, having your tarot helper stand out. So we're not going to describe our helpers just because that can get kind of, you know, personal, but these helpers can be another subset of your inner teacher who you can go to for your own personalized tarot readings, because in this particular meditation, you um, get cards. And I tend to think of cards of three. That's how I cast cards. So I was given three cards and then they are the ones that are interpreting it for you. And then there's this whole extra bit at the bottom where of ways that you can apply this stuff to, like problems at work, healing, creativity, relationships, mm-hmm. which just grabbed me as a fantastic way. Because while I love kind of sometimes picking out court cards to either mirror or to set up as like a um, god or a goddess on my altar to work with, you know, to exemplify a behavior I want to become. Like maybe I want to be more of the queen of swords because I have to go into a legal battle or something. I'll put her out and be like, this is the mask I'm wearing today or I'm carrying through this event. Yeah. This is another cool way that you could connect and apply those court cards into your life by asking them to read for you as a tarot helper on any aspect of your life or um, giving you, you know, more insights about how they might work if they were doing a reading. So I really, really loved this particular thing because again, it applies, it gives you a way to magically use your deck. Like um, I can see me sitting in um, hotel rooms if I'm alone, having a, a party of friends read for me as I might need, you know, right. or the, the island. I mean, whenever anybody asks me, <clears throat> what one item would you take if you were stuck on an island? I'm like a tarot deck. It's not practical. It's not a hammer. It's not going to get me food, but it'll give me friendship. It'll give me advice, especially how do I get off this damn island? 
or it'll help me create stories, which is kind of my world. So I see this inner teacher court card. Again, it ties back to chapter one. It shows you kind of how and what teaches you a lot, but it also helps you find other tarot helpers that can read for you and guide you as you explore and navigate through your life. So yeah, when you meet your tarot teacher, inner inner tarot teacher from chapter one in this chapter, they might introduce you to another person, air quotes, uh, to, to be your tarot helper. It might be the same, but it might not. And that's the thing to keep in mind too, is if all of a sudden you're like, and then I got a squirrel and the squirrel told me all these things that Jamie was saying, they, and that's your inner teacher. So that's, that's, and, and it's that helper. It's, really a cool exercise and i say that you know definitely if you get moments try and do that and i agree take a tarot deck with you on a desert island because yes you'll have you'll have friends you'll have something to do you'll also be able to like look at them and they will be your come your wilson if you've used if you've seen the castaway um and you'll have more than one you won't just have one wilson you'll have 78 wilsons yep and if you bring a plastic deck It's waterproof, so you won't have to worry about the cards bending and curling and, you know, being sad if they get watered on. Exactly. So I I am very pleased with this chapter because I think it really nailed how to connect to court cards in a multitude of ways that many of us who teach tarot might not have thought about at first. It's like, usually um, you'll see things like pick a song or pick somebody in your life or pick a pop culture person to relate that person to. But here is a way to open up your attributes and qualities and into your life and onto the cards to really kind of connect. And again, I will, the the books that I mentioned earlier, I'll go ahead and put in the show notes too, if you want to dig deeper into how other people see, view, and uh, um, apply court card meanings in their own practices, because it's always good to see more. But I've always been that person that's like, whatever you think is key, you know, it's it's your journey. Well, and I think also the point of, of really taking that deeper dive into the court cards is to become comfortable with them and comfortable with the aspects that you see around you. Because until you do that, they're all going to just be, Hey, a dark haired stranger, a blonde, blue eyed person. And there's so much more to them than that. And I, I love the fact that Mary and all of our friends that we know and love who've written all these wonderful books have gone and explored that. And this is just that first step, I think, if that's something that really appeals to you. So thank you, Jamie, for taking some time today to talk about your experiences with the court cards and also creating all of our awesome handouts that you love to do. And I really appreciate it because I think our listeners enjoy them as well. I know I do. Hey. For listening to Tarot Visions, a podcast for the modern oracle. To keep the conversation going, find us on Facebook at Tarot Visions US or follow us on Twitter at Tarot underscore Visions. 